it is five o'clock somewhere and you've tuned into episode 15 of brc for those of you who'd like to watch this episode it's available on our website youtube spotify and zencaster today in our tales from the still segment i speak with the founder of barrel strength talent about how her whiskey journey inspired her to start her own company then later in the show i'll speak with teeling's master distiller alex chasco about the new wonders of wood series in this week's whiskey whereabouts stay with us There's nothing better than the smell of coffee in the morning. What if you could enjoy a coffee subscription of fresh, roasted specialty coffee while making a difference in the lives of farmers that grow it? What if you also had access to a virtual coffee community of other coffee lovers and the coffee farmer and roaster? That's all part of the Farm to Cup Coffee Club subscription at Unleashed Coffee. Subscribe today. UnleashedCoffee.com Well, hello, good evening, good afternoon, and good night to whoever's listening at whatever time of day. Today we have on the show Leah Niskanen. Did I say that right? Yes. So good. Good job. Leah Niskanen. And she is the CEO founder of Barrel Strength Talent, which is a new company. And I've invited Leah on the show today to tell me all about it. What does it do? What do you do with that? Is it about barrels? Is it about travel? I don't know. Here's Leah to tell us all about it. Hi, Carrie. So nice to see you again. You too. So Yeah. So I, um, I'm so excited. I just launched my first business in January of this year. So it hasn't been out there too long. It's just kind of a newborn baby okay. in the whiskey business. And uh, in working, you know, making a career in the whiskey business for, gosh, almost a decade now, started with giving tours of distilleries. Um, I had been giving tours in New York City, in Brooklyn, where I lived about 12 years ago. I was really into that and loved no, I've always loved storytelling and sort of, I'm a story chaser. You know, some people chase tornadoes and I chase stories. I love a good story. Um, so the, at one point I was thinking of actually becoming a, a journalist, but I decided okay. that I wanted to, 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 to tell stories in public and I love public speaking. So started doing tour guiding about 12 years ago and woke up one day and said, wow, you know, there's this whole Kentucky thing and there's the, the bourbon trail. And I, I had been a whiskey enthusiast most of my adult life, found out about this place called Mint Julep Tours in oh. Louisville, based out of Louisville, Kentucky. I'm sure you've heard of them. Um, and they actually had an ad out at the time, I guess is again, going on about 12 years ago for tour guides. And I was living in Brooklyn, which is my home, of course, but I just did this crazy thing and said, I would love to come down and interview with you for the job. And I moved to Kentucky for wow. a year. <laughs> That's crazy. I thought this would be so cool to be doing tours of the Bourbon Trail. So that was sort of my entree into the whole world of the big distilleries um, and seeing those huge, huge massive rick houses and the facilities there that have been there for so long uh it was just incredible um learning their stories i mean mint julep tours thought they thought i was crazy i mean they're like you're you're you moved here from new york <laughs> to give tours of the kentucky bourbon trail why um sounds fun to me yeah yeah uh they thought i was i was completely nuts when i learned it and uh, got out there and started giving tours of the, of the bourbon trail so gave tours of Buffalo Trace, Jim Beam, Maker's Mark, Woodford Reserve, loved it. It was amazing. And I learned so much um, just like 
to be in Kentucky was incredible. To actually live there for a while was incredible. So you were doing tours all over Kentucky. It was pretty incredible. And I loved being there and experiencing that world. Uh, but New York City was calling me. I missed the city. And um, I found out that a distillery called Kings County Distillery was looking for somebody to do um, their kind of first initial tour program. Were you there when Nicole Austin was there? I was. We kind of went like this. I mean, you know, I was just kind of coming in when she was, I think, on her way to Ireland um, to to engineer the stuff over at Tullamore Dew. So our paths crossed. So I, I came in right at that moment. But it was a great moment to come in because, as is typical of most craft distilleries, when they get a little bit bigger, they realize that they can't have their distillers and their office staff doing tours anymore because it starts to get crazy. And so they needed a, ded- a dedicated tour program. And I, I was all over that and took the job, I think, in 2015 as oh, wow. their first ever tour, tour managers. It was a lot of fun and it kind of uh, branched out into creating events and book talks and author signings and whiskey tastings, private events. So at the time that I left, there was like a very full program of things that of things on offer that people could do there. Um, and one of the things that I was proudest of creating there was this event that I created called Bourbon Day Camp. Oh. Um, <laughs> so much fun. So once every summer for an all day session, um, people could come in and, you know, learn about blending from Ryan Kuchta, their, their master blender, learn about um, distilling from Colin Spoolman, their, their CEO and founder. I taught a class about nosing and tasting whiskey and how you sort of get into that. And then there was a cocktail making class and it was all day and there was a, a bag lunch at the bar in the middle of the day. And that was really oh, fun. fun. So I got to do a lot of fun stuff there and just working in a distillery and being in the distillery environment is, is just so great. I mean, I realized at that time that I was so in love with the industry and with the people in the industry and just the whole process of it. I said, you know, I, I kind of knew that I was home. And then COVID hit, as we all know the story about that. So we had to shut down the public tours and I pivoted the whole tour and tasting program into the virtual realm. So we started offering virtual tastings packages for corporate and private groups. And it just, I mean, it took off like crazy. It was really, really shockingly successful. I was wondering if it would stick, but I think virtual is not going away. But once I did that, I started to think about the potential for my own business. I loved working there. My deepest passion in the business is is the community of, of people in the whiskey business. It's just such a great community of people to work with. I, I'm sure you know. I mean, yep. just agreed, agreed. Literally, I've never worked in any field and I've worked in a lot of different jobs where everybody is so generous with their time and with their knowledge. Um, they're so passionate. It's such a great community. And I wanted to kind of give back to those people that I was meeting and reaching out to in a way. So, I mean, I, I have this, I guess in the old days, they used to call it a Rolodex, you know, a portfolio of contacts in the whiskey business, everything from, you know, um, 
all kinds of distillers that I'm conversant with and, and our colleagues of mine and master blenders and brand ambassadors and whiskey tour guides and whiskey educators and you know people like yourself, people that uh, do barrel management, cask management, and people that you know teach people how to invest in whiskey. So I thought there's so much talent out there. And I knew that there were and are a lot of companies that do virtual tastings and in-person whiskey tastings. But I, I went, hmm, what's missing here? Well, I realized that what's missing is a place where people can come that want a whiskey tasting where it's one-stop shopping. And instead of just getting one whiskey expert or one sommelier or one distiller, can, whoever wants can come to me and have access to a wide range of people in the industry, I thought, hmm, might be a really cool idea to start a talent agency for whiskey yeah. educators. I'm like, yes, that's wow. So that was my moment. And I, I really had this eureka moment where I thought, well, I can, I can have a lot of fun with this and I can help tell the stories of these people that mostly work behind the scenes. Right. You know, they, they work behind the scenes so much and they need to be heralded. and to give them a chance to sort of, you know, for people to hear their voice and, uh, and get them paid really well for it. <laughs> That's always a bonus. By the way, uh, you know, I don't, uh, my rates um, are, are not cheap, but nor should they be. You know, these people work very, very hard and, uh, and they're also incredibly charismatic. So that was the sort of genesis of the idea and when so, was that? Towards in 2020 or 2021? Yeah. Um, and my very first job for Barrel Strength Talent was such a great one. I have to tell you, I don't know how these people found out about me. I think it was through Kings County Distillery, but it's a, a Danish design firm, a very, very famous Danish design firm called Carl Hansen and Sons. Their stuff is so beautiful. And they have this incredible showroom on Madison Avenue. And their director reached out to me and said, guess what? You know, we're doing a, a, a press event. Uh, we heard about you through Kings County. Um, would you like to come and do a whiskey tasting for us? And I said, yeah. And I, so what I did was I got in touch with Stowning. Have you heard of Stowning? I don't think so. So Stowning is this insanely beautiful, magnificent distillery in Denmark. Oh, uh, they're in Jura, I believe, which is on the coast of Denmark. So if you were in Jura, Denmark, and you got in a boat and you sailed across the ocean, you would shortly be in Edinburgh, Scotland. Okay. Right. And the reason I'm telling you this is because it's that they, Denmark and that part of Scotland have a similar kind of geography and air and water. And, you know, so, so Stowning does these incredible peated whiskeys. I mean, there's peat growing all over Denmark, which I had no idea about. Anyway, long story short. It makes sense if they're that yeah. location. Yeah, 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 yeah. right, right. Um, so I contacted a friend of mine named Georgie, Georgie Zadenman, who at the time was repping Stowning here in the US. And I said, hey, I just got this great gig. Can you provide me with some Stowning? Which is at the time is still pretty hard to get in the US. So I was able to get a full flight of Stowning whiskey for these people at the Danish furniture design showroom in Manhattan. It was the bomb. I mean, to have <laughs> the whiskey from Denmark, uh, uh, you know, 
sitting in these beautiful kind of Scandinavian chairs with a Scandinavian wooden trays and everything. It's just, it was, it was lovely. And that was my first gig for my, for my young business. So I just thought this, this could work. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It seems that there's this interest in my um, company from, from Scandinavian Danish firms. Um, I, I will likely do an event with Danish American Chamber of Commerce <laughs> in the fall, um, which is a pretty big deal. They do lovely events there. Um, and I have, th there's another facet to my company, which I'm very excited about, which is that I do uh, contract, Barrel Strength Talent also does contract tour development. Oh, nice. For uh both local distilleries and hopefully moving forward national distilleries. And the first contract distilling job I did for my company uh, was with Fort Hamilton Distillery in Industry nice. City in Brooklyn. So that's also, uh, it's another really interesting facet of what I can offer through my business. And I helped him to, to, to kind of tell that story. And there's a full tour program at that's this awesome. young, young distillery. So that's also something I'm really excited about. And um, I can't say who it is, but there's uh, another distillery in Brooklyn um, that I'm sort of dancing around right now uh, to do their first big tour. Hmm. Yeah, I bet you I know who it is. You might, but we're not, I'm not allowed to talk, yeah, about, not it. Gonna talk about it. Okay. Yeah, well, there's, there are, um, well, there's, there's one distillery in Brooklyn that is undergoing a huge expansion um it's a couple actually uh so it's just a really exciting time and i don't know if you may have read there was an article in whiskey advocate recently about the brooklyn craft distillery mm -hmm. trail so yep. hello i mean we're we're here and this is kind of brooklyn's moment as far as you know craft distilling is, is concerned yeah just such a great time to be in the business that's awesome yeah. So if somebody wanted to contact you to set up uh, some sort of a tasting experience, where would they uh -huh. go? What would they do? That's so easy. Uh, it's just barrelstrengthtalent.com. That's my website. Um, and you can go on my website and you can see uh, everything that we do and everything that we offer. I have kind of a basic portfolio on my website. Um, if you want to you know, do a virtual, you want to do an in-person thing, you can see those things. You want to talk to a master distiller. I can arrange that, a master blender, I can arrange that. Um, if you want to learn how to set up your own home bar, got somebody that is brilliant at that. You want to know nice. how to how to buy whiskeys, rare whiskeys, if you want to get into the secondary market. I have somebody that can teach people about that, even though my motto is sip, don't flip. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the sky's kind of the limit. There's nothing we can't do, large or small, in person or virtual. So that's awesome. Yeah. So um, where do you see the company in five years? Oh goodness. Um, well, I would certainly like to have a lot of my colleagues working and getting paid really well for doing exciting events. I just, you know, that's my goal. You know, from day one, it's always been about the people in the whiskey business that have given so, so much to me and kind of giving back to them. That's my goal for now is, is to, to be able to actually give these lovely colleagues of mine work and, and, and make that work. 
<laughs> well, Leah, this has been a joy and I'm very yeah. excited to watch your business grow. And, uh, you know, you. next time I'm out in New York, then maybe uh, we can set up something for, for me to come enjoy with yes. you. Well, we need, if you come to the city, we, we have to go have a cocktail together for sure. Of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I may need, I may need a tour guide for the Brooklyn Trail at that okay. point. Okay. So. Very good. I'm your gal. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It's we'll been a pleasure. You Thank you. It's been awesome. Thanks. Don't touch that device. We'll be right back with Whiskey Whereabouts. Yeah! Hey guys, we're back. Finally, after COVID-19. I'm Carrie. I'm Philip. I'm Louise. I'm the chef. Chef Louise Leonard, as in Whiskey, A Chef's Journey. That chef. Yes. We started shooting just before the pandemic lockdown. And now today, our very first day, you are catching us on set. And we would love to talk to you about how you can help get us from here to your TV set. The thing is, we've run out of money. We mounted a pre-production campaign, which was very successful. Thank you very much for that. But now we're back into production and we need your support for this you supported this uh, the first go-round, or if you didn't, we welcome your support this time. The thing is, we want to take this show around the world, quite literally. Quite literally. And that takes money. Yes. So, won't you help us get this to market? You can visit whiskeyachefsjourney.com for all of the information you're going to need to help us realize this project. Well, I think it's a cheers to that. <laughs> yes. Cheers. cheers. Welcome to this week's edition of Whiskey Whereabouts. Today's guest is Alex Chasco, master distiller and blender for Teeling Irish Whiskey. As you may recall, Philip and I spoke with Alex's bosses, Jack and Stephen Teeling, back in November of 2020 in episode 22 of Spirits of Whiskey. But today, I have the pleasure of talking to the man who's behind the new expression, aged in virgin Chapinkin Oak. Alex, welcome. Hi, Carrie. Thanks. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. So tell me, how did an American snag the master distiller gig and the first distillery opened in Dublin in 100 years? That's a good question. Basically, the short answer is my wife is Irish. That's how I ended up over here in Ireland. So as John Teeling, the father of Jack and Stephen Teeling, likes to remind me whenever I see him in the distillery, I came to Ireland for lust. And, and as a byproduct of that, I get to make Irish whiskey along with it. Yeah. That's awesome. So how did you meet your wife and how long have you been in Ireland and were you in Ireland before you got the job or did that kind of simultaneously happen? Ah, now that's a good question there. So there's a bit of a story there. So we first met in a pub in Edinburgh, in the Guilford Arms pub in Edinburgh, just off of Princess Street, an Irish woman and a, I was a brewer at the time in a pub, who would have guessed? And we were both out with friends and the rest, they say, carries history. We were in Edinburgh for, I don't know, six, nine months, and then moved to Singapore. Yeah, we would never one to shy away from an adventure. We decided, let's move to Singapore and let's see what the, as they say here in Ireland, what the crack is with- How much English is spoken in Singapore? Because you're the second bunch of Irish folk that I've known to- oh. Singapore. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, there's an interesting question. In Singapore, they have several different languages. There's English. There's Mandarin, Chinese, uh, and there's Malay, and then there's also, I wouldn't know exactly which one it is, but there's a dialect also that's there. It's a former British colony that got independence after World War II, 
And yeah, it was a whole mixing pot of people there. It's not hard to, to talk to people then. Oh, it's very, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a lovely place. We were there for two years. I was running a little brew pub there called The Pump Room, making beer. And yeah, it was great. There's a real kick in the pants, as they say, where I think what I got there was a lot of confidence of, I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but I'm pretty sure we can do it. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to get hops into Singapore, but I know some people I can call and email and we have money and people usually sell things for money. So yeah. uh, how did you end up back in Ireland then? Ended up back in Ireland. There was one very drunk St. Patrick's Day night where I admitted that, yes, I had dragged her halfway around the world from her friends and family and that she should get to pick the next place that we moved to. And I knew that the gig was up. I knew that we were moving back to Dublin. But yeah, I'm happy to be in Ireland. I've always liked Ireland. Um, we moved back here in the 2000, what was it? 2008, in 2008, right before the big crash. Yeah, we came back to Ireland as everybody was leaving. Ireland. And there wasn't a whole lot of opportunities going on at the time. And I was looking at different things and thinking about, I started out in my career as a brewer. So I was thinking about like craft beer and that, but I'd also done my master's thesis on single malt and new flavors in single malt. So I got my master's from Harriet Watt University in Edinburgh, Scotland. Yeah. And brewing and distilling. Scotland before when you met your wife? Yeah. Yeah, I was finished. I had finished my master's project and was working for a little company called Diageo doing just a small, yeah, small little company doing interesting flavors in single. Yeah. And what happened? Well, so there was, I'd heard about the Teeling family that they were doing interesting things. They at the time owned the Cooley distillery. Met Jack and John Teeling and was telling them about my thoughts and views on Irish whiskey and where I was going to go and what I'd seen with craft beer. And they agreed and they said that they had a list of things that they had wanted to do, but they had never been able to find anybody to get things rolling. And the next thing I know, I'm the innovation manager at the Cooley Distillery. And then, yeah, and that get, then that was about maybe a year and a half that I was that role. And they sold Cooley to Jim Beam. And at that point, it became clear that the Teeling family wasn't going to be staying in the Cooley distillery and was talking to Jack and saying, you know, that list of things that we talked about before, like, I'm still interested in that sort of stuff. And he was like, yeah, I'm still interested in it too. And next thing you know, you're the first employee of the Teeling Whiskey Company. Nice. Uh, so how yeah. long was it between when they sold to when you started making whiskey again? Because I know there was a build period. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they sold in November, December of 2011. And then uh, the Teeling Whiskey Company was formed in 2012. I came on in June of 2012. And so we had some existing stock that the family brought with them when they sold. And my first part of my job was to take that stock and make a whiskey from it, which became small batch. And then to work on building of the distillery. So the distillery finally got built and completed in 2017. So, so things don't happen quickly in whiskey is what I'm trying to say there. Like it's a long game. It's not, oh, I think I'll set up a whiskey distillery. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. Forward two weeks and there you go. You've got a whiskey distillery. It's more like fast forward a number of years. Exactly. Now I do know that you guys were the first distillery to return to Dublin, but now there's several. So were you guys running against the clock to try to finish before other people or were you way ahead of everybody and then other people were like, hey, they're going to do it. We should do it too. I think a lot of people had the idea 
Uh, but it's not an easy idea to get off the ground. And yeah, there's probably other projects that were in discussion at the same time. And we had a bit more momentum behind us. We had a bit more experience behind us. And so we might have gotten a bit of a jump on the game there. But to be fair, it's it, it's not something that like, we, Carrie and I can't just decide, hey, let's start a distillery. Yeah, that's a great idea. Why didn't I think of that? And then start a distillery. So we had to go for planning permission. We we're the first people to go through modern planning permission with the city and everything. And you're saying to them things like, we want to be like Guinness, but not as big as Guinness. And they're like, why don't you want to be as big as Guinness? And you're like, well, give us 270 years and you know, we'll, exactly. we'll see what happens. Right? Like, we'll take over by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've been around for a while, right? Yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of uh, education that had to be done. Educating of both the governments and the local and the regional, and then also education of finding suppliers so it's it's not exactly something you can go to a catalog and say i'll take that one there that's a perfect one for me right yeah cool the reason we have you on the show today is because you are responsible for this new dram and yes. i wish to know first of all how you chose this particular oak oh i like that box yeah. i have i have a cute you got a pretty cute little box there too. Yeah, this is the one that it actually comes in. Yeah, it's very nice. He's been drinking mine. I don't know who that was. It wasn't me. I wasn't there. No, I, I, I have not. to be disciplined. When I get small ones, I was like, oh, I really can't open this until the until the thing. Otherwise, it'll be gone. <laughs> so let's talk about this. So how did you decide to use this particular oak? Yeah, Chinkapin is a bit of an unusual name, right? Of course, but it's it's essentially American white oak. So typically, American white oak is Alba, and this is just another species called Chinkapin. Chinkapin is nothing new. It's actually been used quite a bit in rye production. It's been, now, I am by no means an arborist, right? I'm not out there, so I make whiskey for a living. I don't know if I, <laughs> I told you that, Gary. <laughs> so this is what I was told with regards to chinkapin. Chinkapin is smaller tree. They call them like a scrub tree, and they tend to grow in the rockier soil, and they get mixed up from time to time with the larger trees when there's the harvesting going out there in the forest, but they are suitable for being made into casts. And what the main difference is that they have is they don't have as much vanilla in them. So there's less vanillin in it, and it's got more of a coffee, gingerbread, nutty smell going on to it. And there's a little bit of spiciness. And there's that little bit of spiciness, and the fact that in rye, of course, you've got loads of spice exactly. and I thought pot still has spice let's see if that spice can because when you're doing something new you don't want to go full crazy you don't want to just like totally go for it you have to have some base of something in there that people can be like oh yes I recognize that element so I thought the spice let's go with the spice and hopefully that spice will carry through into a spicy pot still which people traditionally like yeah I noticed in my kit, I got the, the original pot still also. Now, did you just take this the same juice and age it in something different? Or did you do, was it completely different? No, it's the same juice as you say, right? It's the same pot still. Yeah, the, it's filled into virgin chinkapin casts. And so it's fully matured and only the chinkapin oak. The normal pot still or our, our standard pot still that you have there, that's aged in both virgin oak, so Alba, oak casts and then they used bourbon casts 
and then also an Sherry cast. So it's got a bit of that Olorosa sherryness. And this doesn't have the Olorosa sherryness. This has, I think it's like a midway between an American oak and a European oak. A European oak, your limousine oak, tends to have that spicy, nutty characteristic. I think that's more of what this has got, but not as spicy as, let's say, limousine oak. All right, I'm going to taste it now. I'm Give it a go. See what you think of it. Bottled at 50% alcohol, so 100 proof. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, Alex, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very happy with it. It's very different from other things that I've tasted from you guys. Now I'm going to go back to the regular pot still and see how different. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like the fact that things are very different than something else, right? Oh, yeah. We don't want to make something different. No, that's very different. I love it. And you can tell that in the, I know I don't have enough in here, but the, the color on the, the chinkapin is- Yeah, sweet. absolutely. So that virgin oak has had a lot more tannins, a lot more of the lignin degradation products in there. So it's got more color to it. It also has a, a really good legs on this one. Very yeah. Nice. It's got a very good mouthfeel. It's very hearty. I think maybe a bit more bourbon-like than the normal pot still, but again, it's not Corcus Alba, so it's not the vanilla, minty kind of cherry that you would associate with your Alba. I feel like it feels like a rye because it's nice and spicy, but it tastes... Yeah, a little softer. Irish. Yeah, it tastes yeah. Irish, but it's got a nice spice. It's like a crop... I don't know. When you think bourbon, I think more... More rye, really. Yeah. Just, yeah, I'd right. agree with you. Exactly. Yep. That's delicious. All right. So what other fun fun expressions do you have coming out soon? Are you allowed to say? Oh, we've got lots of other fun expressions. We have, so the Wonders of Wood is a series that we have. Great. And I'm saying that as I'm looking down here at the box. So people oh. might see on there, we've got this lovely tree there, That's right? Great. With the phoenix and, uh, and part of this is irish whiskey doesn't have to be aged and only oak irish whiskey can be aged and other types of wood also and so this is going to be a series that we're going to explore both oak and other types of wood also we have the first one is the chinkapin right the next one is going to be a european oak although one that's not primarily talked about as far as a European oak variety. Can I, let me see if, I'm probably not allowed to fully say what it is, Carrie, but it's a country that starts with P and is on the Iberian Peninsula. Okay, and <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to, to see these different countries and these oak casts and these non oak casts. They're Primarily, let's be honest, things that are used in the wine. And so a lot of our inspiration is coming from wine and fortified wines that are around Europe and other countries and seeing how they have an influence on Irish whiskey. And one of the things that we've also done with this that I'm really proud of is we're taking some of this money that we make from the Wonders of Wood series and using it to go. We've teamed up with, I want to make sure I get the name correct here, with the Irish, the Tree Council of Ireland. So with the Tree Council of Ireland, we are replanting native Irish trees, right? Not 
oak necessarily, like a variety. So the idea is that you're planting a diverse woodlands and areas that don't uh, have them now, not to try and create the next uh, casts for teeling whiskey, but to try and bring back some of the native yeah, trees of Ireland. Because uh, after uh, the Battle of Kinsale, when the English, I don't know if you heard about it, the English colonized uh, Ireland for a number of years. Yeah. And, um, and when they did that, they cut down all of Ireland's trees. <laughs> and we're doing our little bit to, to bring it back. Sometimes. They, I don't know. What, why take the trees? I guess they had to build houses, but you don't need all the trees. They wouldn't have had the green rolling hills of Ireland without it. All right. Alex, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I am doing a whiskey tour of Ireland in the fall in October. And uh, hopefully I will get to stop in and visit you all there at the distillery, which would be a fantastic treat being as you're the first distillery back in Dublin in a hundred years. I do love having you on the show. So anytime you want to come back and talk about the next expression that you release, we would love to have you. I would love to come and back on the show and also to see you in, in person, Carrie. And when you come to see us in Ireland, it'd be great to show you around the distillery and looking forward to it. Fantastic. Now, if I wanted to buy this, where's the best place to go? Should we go to Oh, the it is available in all fine liquor stores across the nation. I always get in trouble when I start giving specific <laughs> or something we should follow? Do you have a good social following to tell us about your updates? Yes, of course. We're on all the social medias and you can go to the Teeling Facebook page and we're very uh, active on that. So if somebody is looking for the Wonders of Wood Chinkapin edition, please get in touch on Facebook and we'd be happy to point people in the right direction. Great. Thank you so much, Alex. I hope to see you soon. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, Kerry. If you like what you've seen on BRC, you'll love what's coming soon in the Barrel Room Parlor. As a member, you'll have exclusive access to various spin-off series, including The Cutting Room Floor and Natalia Award-winning series Kindred Spirits. To create your membership, visit www.barrelroomchronicles.com and click on Become a Member. Once you have chosen your membership level, you'll be able to enjoy all the extra content it has to offer. You'll even be able to participate with the show by commenting on videos and other posts. Don't wait. Sign up today for exclusive content in the Barrel Room Parlor. That does it for today's show. To read notes on this episode or learn more about our guests, please visit BarrelRoomChronicles.com. If you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. If you really liked it and you want to show your support, buy us a whiskey through our Kofi site at ko-fi.com slash BRC or become an exclusive member of the Barrel Room Parlor, where you'll get exclusive content not seen anywhere else. And finally, if you work in the whiskey or spirits industry or just have a deep passion for whiskey and want to share your spirits journey, register to be a guest through our website. Thanks for joining me. Until next time, Salangeva. Barrel Room Chronicles is a production of First Real Entertainment and is distributed by Anchor FM and is available on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.